Okay, hi, welcome back to Conversation Chronicles. This is episode seven. I'm so sorry I didn't upload last week. I was in the Azores. It's summer break, it's a bit crazy. I'm very fortunate to be able to travel, but that does mean that the Wi Fi is very inconsistent and kind of shit a lot of the time. So, I'm back this week. I'm gonna post back to back for the next three weeks so that we can get this series of podcasts through with so that I can have the next interviews go up. But this is the first part. If I'm assuming three parts with one of my friends who's in Algeria. His name is Madani. We go into detail a little bit about how we met, as well as other topics ranging from COVID in the US versus Algeria and what school's been like, as well as conflicts in Palestine and Israel, because he's very educated. Keep in mind, we met at a French school. We both speak French and English, which means that at certain points in time, when we were at a loss for words in one language, we switched to the other one. Um, you should be able to follow with context clues if you don't speak French. Otherwise, I apologize. And I'll make an effort to find a way to put subtitles in the next episodes. But yeah, without further ado, I hope you enjoy. And see you next week. Just, just, like, okay. Okay, je me présente? Yeah, vas-y, présente-toi. Okay. Hey, guys. My name is Madani. Um, I'm one of Lucia's friends. I mean, not her closest, like... <laughs> The other guests, <laughs> but um, guests. I think I've known her. I've known her for like um, since seventh grade, maybe. Yeah, something like that. I mean. Yeah, and um, in eighth grade, I used to sit behind her in math class, and I remember I used to annoy her like to a point. <laughs> I remember that so vividly. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, like. You actually got mad at me. I think you didn't like get the like the the sarcasm of it. I think I did, but then the teacher kept on getting mad at me. At which point I was <laughs> over it. Yeah, I remember, I remember. I was done. Oh my god! I swear, and it was the same thing in like every other. I remember in Savan with Mizapi, you and we, I think, always talked, and I would always get in trouble. <laughs> and I was on the opposite side of the class, and I did not understand. It was not fair. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, that's what our relationship is like basically so <laughs> like we know each other surface level yeah we're good friends i would say like yeah but um we like we're not i guess in the same friend group i mean we're also like not that. in the same country so exactly we're not even like in the same continent so i guess it's pretty hard to keep contact yeah on a daily yeah but he just he he swiped up in one of my stories and was like can I please come on the thing? I know it's weird. And I was like, why is it weird? Like, it's fine. Of course you can. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, because I love listening to, like, podcasts of people I follow on social media and everything. And I've always wanted to be, like, a guest or someone who presents. And, like, as soon as I saw the opportunity, I was like, okay, on plus c'est Lucia. <laughs> like, there's no way she's going to say no. <laughs> no, I'm not like that. And I mean, like I, I've told you before, but like, um, like when she said yes, I actually got scared because in my head I was like, I have to like do a good uh, quote unquote like performance. So I just like listened to all episodes in like one night. I hate that. Ew. Yeah. Oh my god! Like that, that intro, the, the like your first intro. I was just cracking up at two a.m. That's disgusting. I hate that. We're not going to talk about that. We, okay. It's of the past. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the reason the reason I started a podcast, right, was I have this list of, uh-huh. like, things I want to accomplish before I die, which is 
basically just like a bucket list and one of them was to start yeah. a podcast and like when I wrote it down I was just like yeah like why not like there's nothing else I can do with my life right now we're in COVID like yeah. nothing's going on I mean starting a podcast is like a it's like something easy on the on your bucket list like what what else do you have on it I mean I have like swimming with sharks I have skydiving I have being like an extra mm-hmm. in a movie like it's all over the place but yeah I was like, this is something I can do right now. Why not? But the question is, like, I mean, many of us have, like, huge bucket lists and and everything. But, like, do you see yourself doing them in the future? I mean, I want to. I mean, one of my bucket list things was to take a gap year, right? And I'm doing that, which is, like, the biggest one. I mean, like, I've always wanted to take one. But I think, like, it has more negative, like, um... Like, it has, like, more of a, like, negative impact. Because, like, I asked a bunch of people who, like, who did it and everything, and they just say, like, when you take a whole gap year, even though you, like, do side jobs and, like, productive stuff, like, when you go back to your first year of university, you're never going to, like, um, I don't know how you say, tu vas jamais te poser la tête. Like, you're, yeah. you're never going to be, like, um, implicated. Basically. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I haven't met anyone that's, like, regretted taking a year off and worked and traveled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because, like... I mean, like, even... I think, like, if I took a gap year, I would just get, like, frustrated because I would be like, yeah, it's true, I took a whole year where, like, I did everything I wanted, but, like, like I kind of lost, like, uh, a year, you know? Like, Like, I basically delayed my... Like, my sortie du, du système uh, éducatif, you know? Yeah. I mean, c'est jamais perdu. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm born in September, so I'm already, like, kind of late for my year. Oh. So it wouldn't be the end of the world. And on top of that, I have no fucking idea what I want to do. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so I'm going to do, like, as many internships as I can and mm-hmm. try and figure that out. Um... But yeah, do you know what you want to do? Well, I think I want to do like something along the lines of diplomacy. That's cool. I get that. I mean, like, I've seen my dad do it and it looks pretty cool. And I think it's like something I'm, I don't want to say I'm really good at. I feel <laughs> like, like you'd be quite good at that. I, I, I see like, um, like teachers always tell me like my friends and everything. They always say I have like a a very good um like i i'm very good at talking you know like and improvising and stuff like this year for example like sometimes i would have like presentations i didn't even know i had to do and i would literally just like i would know nothing about it and i would just go on the how's it called like i literally take like a random image from internet and i would like go on five minutes and just like get like very good grades for someone who didn't prepare anything and i don't know i think it just goes in the line of you know like knowing how to do public speaking being like extroverted and stuff like that so i see myself doing like a job where you get to do a lot of talking with people and stuff like that yeah i mean i feel like you'd be really good at that i remember when we were in Bergart's class you would <laughs> always just like talk and you would talk about stuff that you like we all knew that you had no idea about this shit but the teacher would be exactly. looking at you like yeah that's some interesting points exactly. yeah like, and i was like okay get it i mean 
But um, here's this thing. Like you, you, you were talking about like a gap year, but in my head, like um, I was thinking like during my like university years, like I want to do like um side jobs that would like maybe help me like break out at the of the UMI system, you know? Yeah, I like yeah. in my head. I was thinking like maybe you know. Okay, do you know Sheck West? No, I don't. Like the, so it's like a he's like a rapper, you know, and um. <laughs> like, so he's like this guy, like he's a normal guy, everything. And so during his like university years, he did like rapping, he did modeling and he did basketball. And like, as soon as he like saw the occasion to break out of like the normal system, like he just, he just like made it, I guess. Like now he's playing for oh, the, yeah. he's playing for the Paris basketball team, I think. I've heard he's about like, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so exactly. Cool. And like that guy, he inspired me so much because I don't know, like I see myself, like I see myself in him. You know, it's like sometimes when you have those role mo- models and you're like, I, I can be this guy. Like I really feel because I've watched like a shit ton of his interviews and in all of them, like every time he talks about his life, like I all I do is relate for like one and two hours straight. And That's he good. really gave me like the l'envie de d'essayer quelque chose parce que like working at desk job till I till I die basically is not something I want to do I yeah. don't know about you yeah I get that that's like my biggest no I don't want to work on a yeah, desk yeah. that exactly ah my ADHD would explode it's so <laughs> bad um and so um me and Lucha like before doing this podcast we were like thinking about um subjects and um so like is like a so he's like a religious guy you know like he's muslim yeah. from senegal and oh, um like um i want to know like what's your opinion on religion i think you're atheist right like uh, uh, yes okay were you like um you me born this way like did you decide alone like just okay. explain to me so my family we're not well my mom's technically christian i mean she's british so it's more like catholic but she grew up quite surrounded by religion um but my dad didn't and so she's always been really like we celebrate christmas we celebrate easter but for us it's not deeper than just being around family and celebrating union like that versus like religious entities that would be around it um but then I, as I grew up, I became more and more aware of different religions and obviously learning how to respect all of them. But at the same time, I knew that lots of the time it is a source of conflict. And although I respect, again, I respect everybody and all of their beliefs, but I do know that religion has been a source of conflict over the years and it is a big yeah, true. motive in lots of wars and especially with everything that, like, the LGBTQIA plus community has gone through, I didn't want to be part of that. And I didn't have compelling enough of arguments for me to devote my life to a religion, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 I get it. The thing is, like, I'm kind of I'm kind of the, like, opposite of you. Yeah. And, but, like, I don't really think the same thing. Because, like, okay, so... Um, 
in my school, like um, for the whole lycée, you have to do this like a project and you choose like literally any subject you want. And I chose like um, something about religion because like, I don't know, it interests me a lot. And like I've studied like this stuff for like two years now. And like what I realized, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if I should say, but like the thing is, that's on rapport avec ta famille. Um, like, I've like what I've seen like from my research is like Christianity is like a dying religion right now, yeah. right? And um, the thing is like, um, so um, for example, like in the United States, right? So you have like a lot of um, like religion is present, but not as a religion. It's like more of a like a like a political thing, you know. For example, on like the the one dollar bill. Yeah, have like, um, in God we trust. In God we trust, and yeah. you know, like you have many people who are Christian, like they're born Christian, but they don't really follow the teachings of the church or anything like that. Yeah, and um, so that's what like I don't know, like I've studied it a lot in class. I've talked with many teachers and stuff like that, but I just like never understood how like people, like, like I'm scared of saying something wrong, you know? Yeah, I get and, that. Um, <laughs> But um, I'm just gonna say like I feel like people, like um, like Christianity since like it's such a widespread thing, like it kind of lost its um its attraction. If I dare say. Yeah, I think it's also people. lots of people, <laughs> lots of people celebrate Christianity surface level, and I think that, I mean, I've talked to so you know Anne Sophie, right? Obviously, she is yeah, very. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I love her. Yeah, it's a bit. She's a queen. Um, she's very religious in the sense that yeah, she... Yeah. I mean, we talk about this all the time because we're so opposite in that sense, which obviously isn't a burden to us getting along because she's literally my best friend, but I have learned so much from her, and she's explained to me that lots of people celebrate Christianity in the ways that she doesn't because she celebrates it with love and... yeah really like i think it's like it's like a it's like a passion versus tradition thing right yeah i think lots of it is people get into religion in general with like inheritance and through their families and lots of the time it's meant to be like a personal connection with a higher power which isn't then established because you're doing it because you have to versus you wanting to if that makes yeah, sense yeah exactly and I think, like, people, like, over the years, which is, like, very obvious, like, people are losing interest in religion in general. I mean, like, who am I to say it's a bad thing, you know? But, like, like, um, like, I think people, like, when they're, like, oh, my God, I'm saying too many likes right now. It's fine. Don't worry about it. When, <laughs> when people are born Christian or, like, any other religion, well, when you get it from your parents and you just, like, don't don't concentrate on it it's almost it's like insincere just a part of, it's a part of your life basically yeah. and um when you don't get invested on it like just by making like by doing research for example like just look up stuff in religion like not even like in a religious aspect just look the like the historical stuff about it and maybe like that makes people like get more invested but today that's not the case anymore for most people right yeah yeah, I get that. I feel like part of the reason that religion in general is becoming more and more... Like, I feel like 
partly because it's becoming more and more acceptable to be atheist or to be agnostic and not to believe in God or put yourself into a box of a certain religion. But also the fact that with technology and with science developing, it does become more and more difficult to believe in almost stuff that's like not proven scientifically. And that sounds really bad to say, but there, it's almost like, I was talking about this with Anthony the other day, and we were talking about how the Bible, it, because it was passed from hand to hand and it was written by human, I kind of feel like it's like almost, you know what Chinese whispers is? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like, how do I, how could I devote my life to something that I don't fully believe is credible? Oh my God, like, okay, I literally did a freaking, like, research, um, how do you call it? Like a, like a, you can say like a thesis on it. Because you don't still... On like uh, how the Bible like um, became what it is today. Yeah, go ahead, teach me something. So, like, I'll, I'll just make it quick, but basically, um, as you may know, so, like, the Bible is not like, um, okay, um, guys, don't kill me, okay? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying what no, I found, No, it's, okay? it's a safe space. So, the thing is, okay, the Bible, and, like, even Christians, even Christian people know it. So, the Bible is not like a, quote-unquote, sacred text. What I mean by that is, like, um, it's basically, it's like, a, say, it's text written by people who came after Jesus, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you have, like, um, um, wait, Mark, Peter, all those people. Yeah. And the, the thing is, so, they, they, they get their, they got their, um, like, these texts by, um, by, uh, I think you say hearsay, hearsay? Yeah. Like, uh, by, genre, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, basically, so, like, he, they didn't get, like, the full thing, I can say that, and, like, with the Bible, so, it got, like, copied, so, I think, first of all, it was written in Greek, right? Yeah. But then, like, you, even you know that, like, when you, when you go on Google Translate and write, like, a certain sentence, then you go to another language, you know, it gets, it gets yeah, it changes. Up, right? Yeah. So, then it got, like, it went from Greek to Latin to like um English you know like the King's James version like the most famous one to French to Chinese to everything you want and the thing is like it got so distorted and so many parts were removed from it you know like there are so many things that were like removed from the original Bible and that's like what makes that bad is that like you have I don't know how many Christians there are in the world right now but like about like a billion people or three billion people are just like they're following like a book that's like falsified, if I can say that. Yeah. Which means like I'm not saying like I'm not re- it's not, I'm not saying that like I don't recognize the Bible as a text. I'm just saying that like the content itself, uh, yeah, the content itself is like very is very like fallacious. It's very it has a lot of uh, ambiguity, and that's just due to it getting translated, parts getting removed, parts getting added, and parts getting even censored, you know, like in South Africa, for example. So, you know how, like, the Bible has, like, some, like, it has, like, some crude stories, you know? Yeah. Like, very violent or, like, stuff about incest and stuff like that. So, yeah. in many parts of the world, like South Africa, um, Australia, I think, too, like, they censored it, basically. And you see, that's just, like, today. So, imagine, like... 2000 years in the past 
how much the original Bible has changed. And that's what makes people, I think, today not believe into Christianity anymore because, like, as the centuries advanced, like, um, they don't know what to believe anymore, I guess. Yeah, I looked it up and it's 2.3 billion people, so 31% of the population is Christian. Yeah, exactly. The thing is that every single one of those individuals celebrates Christianity differently, which means that I think that, like, bubbling it all up, because I know that some people use religion as a source of hatred, which was never the intent, and which is, like, one of the main reasons why I'm not, or I wouldn't be practicing. Um, Or if I would be, it would be in the most peaceful and loving way possible, but I don't want to be, it's not that I don't want to be burdened by everybody else that's, like, being really, really bad with their religion, but as much as it is, I don't want to be associated with it because I'm so against it. And it's almost as if, like, I went into the streets and yelled, like, ACAB, and then I went and worked for the government. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I I get where you're coming from, and I'm going to say it's, like, a smart decision, especially today when, like, like, everything can get you in trouble, you know? And personally, like, I haven't given up my religion, even though... Like, some parts of it don't agree with what's happening today, you know, in society and stuff like that. But, like, usually when I'm around people who, I don't know, for example, like, I'm not saying I'm homophobic or, like, anything. But, like, I just, I'm the type of person who hasn't, like, I don't have an opinion on it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not here, like, because first of all, Okay, I'm scared that Lucha is going to track me down. I won't, like, I won't, I promise. I, I, like, I'm not going to say anything offensive, don't worry. But, like, I'm the type of person, like, I don't have... J'ai même pas le temps de m'occuper de ma propre vie. So, like, I'm not going to try to, like, yeah. see what other people are living and stuff like that. I mean, like, I I do research about it and stuff like that. But I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to go as far as, like... um publicly like go like support something or like yeah. that if i don't really identify to it and also like i look into my genre mes valeurs, you know like my principles you know like for example like the lgbt thing so you probably know like in islam um i don't know how to say but like so homosexuality and lgbt stuff in general i don't want to say it's like um like the thing is, um, what they say is like if it's in your like if it's in your heart, basically, um, they say like like you're not like. J'ai peur de dire une connerie vraiment. Like en gros, ce qu'ils disent c'est if if it's in your heart, like if you're feeling like attracted to like someone of the same sex or something like that, they say like there's nothing um, to feel bad about it because it's you. Like say you can't change yourself. And you know that. But the thing is, like, they just discourage, like, um, I guess, like, the act, if I can say that. Yeah. But, like, then um, there's me, uh, a, a teenager, like, um, living in the 21st century. And, you know, what's, like, you know, like, there's many, like, there's a lot of debate about this issue and everything. So what I do is, like, I'm, I'm like, kind of, a, I'm in a middle ground, right? So, like, d'un côté... I have, like, what my religion taught me and my principles, etc. But de l'autre côté, I have, like, many people who advocate for it and, um, and like, are part of it and support it and everything like that. 
so like i just stay in the middle like i like on social media when it comes to like um the lgbt stuff i never post anything because i don't want to like like i don't want to put myself in a like in a dilemma you know like yeah. uh, like i just like i'm kind of give me disobeying my religion and on i'm like um talking about something that i can't really understand you know yeah so usually when it comes about like quand il s'agit de de cette question i just like i just shut up about it i don't say anything i have like zero opinions on lgbt um issue and i know like many of them have suffered like as like the riots and the marches and all that stuff but like je comprends que c'est dur mais moi j'ai like i just I just stay far from it, you know? Like, everything that might get me in trouble or might get me, like, uh, like everything that's, like, controversial, socially speaking, and that I don't, and that I don't um, identify to, I just stay far from it. Because like, tu dis un mot, you literally get, like, slaughtered by many people. Yeah. Okay. I... It's not that I disagree with that, because I don't, and I fully respect it, and I understand how it could be difficult considering you're trying to oppose two things that are very, like, sincere to you. And lots of people get angry at me because I I try and do too much. And, like, even stuff qui me concerne pas, like, I'll still be marching in the streets for, which, like, lots of people get angry. Like, I'll, for example, I forget who this was with. I think I was talking, do you know James? Not Lovige, uh, Van Leuven, probably not. Uh, James, like, the, the new kid? No, uh, he goes to... No, you definitely don't. He goes to another school, but... You probably met him sometime. Anyway, um, I was talking about this with him the other day, and he basically was like, you're, like, why are you spreading yourself out to try and fight for every issue that you're not part of? And I didn't know what to answer because I can't help myself, which is yeah, yeah. my problem, but still. So when you say that, like, I can't relate, but I understand how that could be. You don't want to be part of something that could go against your religion at the same time. It's not like you want to disagree with it because you don't, if that makes sense. Yeah, Is that exactly. What you're to say? Like, I just don't, like, I'm impartial to it. Like, I don't, I don't have any opinion in it, basically. Yeah, and lots of the time when I, like, debate about it, because I will, like, I will smack a bitch for this subject, but, like. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That's why I was trying to be careful with my words. No, but, like, I, this is a safe, I sound like my therapist, but, like, it's, <laughs> I respect everyone's opinions as long as it's not hateful towards anybody, and as long yeah, as it's yeah. not just being blatantly racist or homophobic, um, which you're not being, obviously. Ooh, I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, keep going. Uh, what was I saying? But, yeah, so. So, you were saying, like, um, how how you were, like, trying to, you know, like, trying to advocate for oh, everybody's yeah, I try right? and, like, stretch myself out too much, which is why, like, even in the midst of COVID, I was marching for, like, BLM, and I was, like, I, I think I was, yeah, I was out for Pride Month and stuff like that, but I also respect how people don't want to do that, and they don't want to spread themselves out like that, and I do understand yeah. how it's difficult, especially today, with everybody being so, I don't want to say sensitive, because... I'm the sensitive one, and, like, I hear anybody say anything out of line, like, yeah, I tell them. But at the same time, I do understand how it is difficult to make sure that you're well-spoken and don't say anything wrong and don't tread on anybody's toes, which is why, like... Exactly, yeah. Cancel culture is so prominent, and we don't like it, but it, like, it makes sense. 
And so I understand, like, I understand, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, well, you were talking about um, the BLM movement and everything. So, like, I saw it, too, and I was like, I was like, I don't want to, like, I was frightened, basically. I was like, oh, okay, I'll leave America for a second, and it's turning into, a like, a civil war thing. And, like, I saw, like, what happened to many people, like, uh, people of color and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, I was, I don't know how to, like, I was, I was feeling compassion for them. And I was also, like, um, I was feeling, je me sentais très mal pour eux, tu vois? Yeah. Like, when I saw them get hurt in the streets, get, like, literally get their neck broken by police officers and stuff like that, I was, j'avais mal pour eux, you know? Like, I was getting hurt, like, I don't know how to say it. But, like, the thing is, it's true, like, like it's a personal thing and everything, but she come in, like, I literally, I can say this on record, like, on social media, mm -hmm. I didn't post anything about it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I don't want to say, I don't identify to the issue or anything, but, I don't know how to say, like, if it's not something that doesn't me directly, I'm not gonna try to like. Um, I'm not gonna try like to act woke or something like that. I don't like this. This BLM thing. See, for me, like it's it's a very big thing. I literally keep it like I don't even talk to it. Like I don't talk about it to my close friends. Me, I literally keep it personal. Like all my opinions. Bon, là, like sur ce sujet, j'ai aucune opinion uh, contre. But like it's just. I don't want to go on social media and start, like, me preaching, although like, I see you do it every day. I mean, it's good work. It's literally like community service, what you're doing. Like, in my head, in my head, I me two things. Like, first of all, do I, like, am I directly um, concerned by this issue? Et second of all, je me dis, like, je me dis, est-ce que, like, is it necessary for me to speak about it? Am I the, the, the person who has to talk about what other people, like, are going through and stuff like that? So, like, usually I never post, like, um, like, social stuff on the, on Instagram, except for the things that I really, like, um, support and stuff like that. Mais sinon, je n'aime pas prendre le risque. I never do. I get that. I mean, part of it is also, I mean, in my case, I'm white and I am very privileged and I recognize that. And I think that I do feel quite powerless at times. And one way that I do try and do something is posting stuff on social media because I know that sharing a message is just as important and mm -hmm. obviously like learning. So when BLM happened, I did so much learning about everything and understood and recognized my privilege in ways that I hadn't before. Yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, that's, really that's, like, that's very good to, like, to recognize, like, um, I don't know, ce que tu, ce que tu viens de dire, like, I, I'm really, like, I'm really proud of you, I can say. <laughs> like, I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a lot of um, white people who say that stuff, even though, like, they pretend to be part of it and stuff like that. I mean, like, I'm going to be honest with you, it's the first time I actually hear someone, like, actually say, you know? Yeah, and that's what I think is so unfortunate, because 
one of the ways that we can prevent racism going forward is from starting today, everybody just recognizing that it's there because people don't do that and they don't recognize that white people have white privilege and that's a thing. And we as white people need to use that. And although obviously it's terrible that we have it in the first place, if I can use my privilege to help people who don't have it, then I will. And even if it's just sharing stuff on social media or going to marches, I'm an extra person there and I can amplify black voices or I can amplify mm-hmm. women's voices or stuff like that. I don't know. That's just. Yeah. I mean, it's like very good stuff that you're doing basically. You know, what's weird though. Like I wanted to talk to you about it. So yesterday when I was like listening to your podcast, I think you were yeah. talking about it. I think you, were, <laughs> I think you were talking with um, Diara. Oh yeah, that, um, that one was funny. Either Diara or Gabrielle. I don't know. Gabriel. I don't really remember. But you guys were talking about like racism in America, and that's when something popped in my head. I was like, wait, there's no racism in Algeria. Like, I, it's something I noticed, and I was like, how does that happen? Because, like, that's so crazy. my the country I live in right now. Like, so it's in North Africa. So we do have, like, black people who are native to this country and don't, like, and aren't. And, like, it has, like, mixed, I, I guess, ethnicities and everything. And, but yet, like, on TV, and I'm not saying it's censored or stuff like that, but on TV, you never hear about, like, what happens, like, about, like, I don't know, like, a... A white man, like, I don't know, killing a black man or like, oh, yes, uh, black people are breaking into our houses or like things like that. Black people getting arrested. Like, literally, when I went to to, to the United States like um, five years ago and when I came back, I was like, wow, like, how is the world most um, developed country dealing with such a mundane, um, not mundane, but like such a... Like, such a simple issue, you know? Like, racism is... Like, been there, done that, like, it should be done. Like, I found it so weird. I was like, wait, like, people in Algeria aren't, like, that open-minded. And yet, I've never, like, I've been, like, I've walked everywhere in this country. I went everywhere, like, in all of the neighborhoods, in all of the cities. I've never, like, seen... I've never seen, like, racism happen. I mean, we have, like, immigrants, um, like, we have illegal immigrants from Niger, uh, how do you say, Niger? Niger, yeah, Niger, yeah. No, um, the other, okay, Niger, Niger, whatever. Niger, Mali, um, Chad, Sudan, like, we have a lot of illegal um, immigrants and stuff like that, but um what i see is like when algerian people get mad at them it's not because they're black not at all like even when they like yell at them or stuff like that it's just because i mean it's because of um immigration it's not because of racism you know like when people like yell at them or like i don't know when people talk about them i mean obviously they mostly talk about them like in a bad um in a bad light but they never like I've never heard the the subject of racism pop up, never ever. So that's what I found weird, you know. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I think it's really disappointing because, I mean, if you look at okay, I'm just gonna take an example because this happened really, really recently, and yeah, I'm yeah, here. Yeah, no. After the Euros, what two nights ago? 
Um, yeah. There was an enormous amount of racism here in the UK. Oh, yeah. This, uh, the thing, like, I think I saw about it, like, a couple articles. Like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, keep going, keep going. Well, basically, right, there was... It wasn't fair. Well, we watched the game, obviously. My dad's Italian, my mom's British. We had to. Um, <laughs> we There were three black men who took penalties and missed. And all of a sudden, the entirety of the UK, or the entirety of the male white population and something like that, <laughs> stuff, decided to yeah. go and absolutely slander every black person. And there oh, were yeah. peop- there were beatings, there were stabbings, there were like it was it's still so bad and like it brings up the topic like if they win they're English if they lose they're exactly yeah. oh my god I was about to say it and that I was about oh. to say it and just stuff so, like that yeah exactly exactly that wouldn't happen anywhere else if it weren't a predominantly white country well guess what in France the same thing happened in the World Cup. Exactly. And yeah. like, I actually like at school, I got into a fight because of it. <laughs> and literally, like, so, like, I'll talk about it quickly. We were sitting at the lunch table, right? And we were talking about the World Cup and stuff like that. And um, then, like, me and my other friend Badun, like, we like we started joking, you know. And I go, Ah oui, um, c'est bizarre parce que quand ils mettent uh, quand ils mettent des buts et des pénalties, ils ont la nationalité française, mais quand ils ratent une passe. Uh, c'est plus des... Je vais pas dire le mot, tu vois, mais you, you, you get, what, yeah. I, you get yeah. what I'm saying. And literally, so, like, two other French guys, I'm not gonna say the name, like, they were, like, fuming. They were like, non, ils sont la suite française, ils sont français, nanani, nanana. And I was like, really? Um, I wonder what would happen if they lost. Like, I remember Kylian Mbappé, he... Il a raté son penalty like I don't know a week ago. Yeah, I literally like I have like we have a group chat. I was looking at like some of what people like stuff that people were saying. I was like c'est bizarre parce qu'il y a trois ans de ça qu'il y a un Mbappé qu'il y a un Mbappé c'était le héros français. And now he's like sans sang je sais pas quoi là. Ouais. So like I was like c'est un peu bizarre tu vois. That's like c'est un peu suspect tu vois. Yeah, it's it's so disgusting. I don't like I genuinely don't understand. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me how people can be so, like, I don't even know what the word is. Because it goes beyond racism at this point. It's just, like, blatant no, it's just disrespect. Like ignorance and um, nationalism, but, like, stupid nationalism, you know? Yeah, and I'm, like, the like, last you person. Can, you can be here. proud of your country and be proud of the people who, who are making your country better and everything like that. There's nothing wrong about it. But be proud I mean, of it's all like, of them. It's so, they're, like, so hypocrite, basically. Like, I'm not talking about only France, but, like, I'm talking about most countries that have a lot of immigrants. Like, these immigrants are, they have the nationality, seulement quand le pays, uh, ça l'arrange, you know? Uh, uh... Basically. Like, when, so, like, in the, um, I think in the 40s and the 60s, and les début des années 1900, there was a, a lot of Algerian workers who were, like, deported from their country all the way to France. And what happened is they were, like, basically forced to work as, um... Okay, you've been to France, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know when you go to Paris, have you, like, des fois, t'as du goudron et après t'as, t'as de la pierre? Ouais. So, basically, what happened is, like, they forced the Algerian guys and many other, like, uh, African people, ils ont ramené 
de leur maison, they brought them to Paris and they froze them. Like, ils ont enlevé toutes les pierres de Paris and ils les ont remplacées avec du goudron. And then, what you would think would happen later, like maybe they'll get a, like a gratification, peut-être la nationalité ou le droit de séjour. No, they literally, what they did, they banished them, enfin banished, c'est, c'est un mot fort, but they literally took them I mean, et les ont mis dans happened. les banlieues. Et aujourd'hui, les banlieues, uh, like that they keep talking about, oui, uh, la drogue dans les banlieues, la violence dans les banlieues. Ouais, le they're the ones who created les banlieues. They literally took, like, there's, like, I have friends in France, and they're like grandparents, or, like, ça fait quatre générations qui vivent en France, et ils ont toujours pas la nationalité, parce que leurs grands-parents ou leurs grands-parents, like, they were literally just forced in this country. Allez, voilà, tu, tu enlèves les pierres, tu remplaces avec du goudron, et tu te casses de Paris. That's like literally, that's so weird parce que tu vois quand, genre, like you never hear people mention it. Et these people, like when, so après, like many, plein des joueurs de foot et je sais pas quoi, des rappeurs and like many famous people from the banlieue, when they do something good, c'est des français, tu vois. Ah, ouais, euh, tel rappeur, tel rappeur, il est français, tel footballeur, il est français. But as soon, like, le moindre, like, le moindre flop, they, they literally start, like, they go, ouais, africain de merde, euh, comment ça, robe de merde, bougnoul, euh, sale négro, je sais pas quoi, and it's, it's crazy, like, it's crazy. That's literally, like, I'm pretty sure MFA is from, like, the 9-3, which, like, is one of those mm-hmm. areas, and that's exactly, like, that's just, that's so insane to me, I don't understand how people like justify it like that doesn't they, they just don't that's why like france is such a fucked up country like socially speaking i think that yeah especially with everything that happened with like girls wearing hijabs and stuff that really oh, just, like, don't even like don't even get me talking on this that makes my blood boil boil <laughs> yeah i mean i don't okay i'm probably gonna go on a tangent again Go ahead. Quickly, so, like, so, okay, the hijab is like a religious um, thingy. And then you have, like, uh, for Jewish people, you have the kippah. And for Christians, I don't know, you have, like, the nuns who wear the the thing. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I'm not saying anything bad about those people. Like, tout monde a droit de faire sa religion. Au contraire. But here's the thing. In France, uh, when you're, quand t'es dans le métro, I've never been to France, but everyone tells me that. Quand t'es dans le métro et t'es une bonne sœur, like when you're wearing the nun um, outfit, on peut dire ça? Yeah. Like, yeah, when you're wearing the nun outfit, like, people are normal. Ah oh, oui, elle fait son métier, nanani, c'est un travail. Yeah, But when a woman is wearing hijab, ouais, elle est oppressée, nanani, nanana, euh, comment ça, ils viennent dans notre pays, ils nous imposent je sais pas quoi. Alors que it's literally the same thing. Genre, c'est le même concept. Just yeah. women cover their head out of modesty. Je sais pas pourquoi ça vous dérange quand, quand c'est pas, tu vois. Yeah. Like, that's just weird to me. Yeah, on était à Paris, je sais plus quand c'était. C'était Noël 2000, last time we were allowed to be out, so 2019, 2020. <laughs> 20 um, years ago. <laughs> and we went to this restaurant and this woman was wearing, I forget what it's called, I don't know what it's called, it's so bad, but it's like, Um, she was wearing a hijab, and then, obviously, 
she was being very modest because that's what her religion calls for. So she was wearing a really, and it wasn't a religious garment, but it was like a really long dress and went all the way down to her feet. She was wearing boots and it was cold. So like, that's normal. Um, and the manager of the restaurant started saying that like, she needed to take her coat off when it wasn't a coat, but it was just something she was wearing to be modest. And she's, he just started being really racist and stuff like that. And my mom and dad, obviously being my mom and dad, they went up and they were like, this isn't okay. Like, yeah, we basically, you know, it's crazy. Like, I feel like I've heard this story like multiple times. Yeah. It's, it's, it's vraiment pas la première fois que j'entends exactement la même chose. Really? It's so common and it's so disgusting. And I think that it's not talked about enough. Um, and I'm just grateful that it's starting to be talked about more, especially with like the whole concept of like laicite. I've always been torn on because I think it's a bit stupid. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Especially bro, like they, they don't even understand their own concept. Like, yeah. They, and they just laicite, but then they pull up on people and they go, Ouais, euh, tu fais, tu mets pas ça, tu mets pas ça. Alors que la laïcité, it's not suppression of religion. It's all the religions are on an equal stair, you know? Yeah. And like then they're and all then... equal. C'est ça la laïcité. And they're just, ça. like, they're, they're just, like, using it to, like, ils l'utilisent comme ça l'arrange, en fait, tu vois? Yeah, and then, like, Notre Dame burns down. And all of a sudden, people are, like, back in call, like... It's disgusting. I think it's so stupid. And I remember, yeah, do you remember yeah. when uh, Fatma was at school and there we were talking about laïcité and I forget who it was, but somebody was wearing a cross necklace and like it was very, like it was, you could see it. And in like the laïcité, well, I forget which teacher it was, but Fatma was in the class and we were talking about how girls shouldn't be allowed to wear hijabs, which obviously I disagree with, but Fatma was in the class and she felt extremely disrespected. And True. I remember because this kid wearing a cross was sitting right next to her and nothing. And I get that it's more prominent, but still, like, it's not okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, on plus, like, I remember in 6ème when we were doing um, that stupid thing, enseignement moral et civique, je sais pas yeah, quoi. MC. They were literally, like, I remember vividly my history teacher saying uh you have the right to put like anything that represents like your religion which means something that's not like something that's not like um like something that's not provoking like other people you know like for example like you can't just pull up with a t-shirt saying um hitler um did good with those jews or something like that you know, like, yeah. see, it's something that's like offensive to other people and other religions, you know, that's what they, I really like, it was Madame Lagré. I don't know if you remember her. I remember her. I never had she her. Literally, she literally said that. And trois ans plus tard, voilà ce qui se passe. It's, it like, yeah, it's not okay. And that just goes back to the whole like religion thing. I think that that's part of the reason why I'm not part of it because it really does like sever people and almost separates them even more, especially how polarized, like, the world is right now. I don't want to, I want to contribute. I mean, in my opinion, I think what's, what's causing these religions to, to fight for, like, the smallest thing is just because the people practicing this religion, like, these religions or the people behind them, 
they're either using religion to their advantage or either like for like normal people they just like don't pas toi, je dis pas toi, i'm not saying you but, yeah, like like most people they just don't know like like they're not educated about it you know yeah like i can go on like stating examples may like très rapide like people non seulement like people don't know about like their, their own religion but they don't even know about the other people donc en fait ils vont dire une connerie ils se contredisent eux-mêmes dans leur religion mais en même temps ils sont en train d'insulter des autres yeah that's... et sans connaître uh, like what's the meaning behind something you know yeah and i when i because okay if i were to be religious i think that because i've grown up around it somewhat and because i live with us and i'm british and italian like the religion that i would usually gravitate toward would be christianity or like catholicism um mm-hmm. and that i know that has been a motive behind lots of terrible things so when i say i don't want to be religious i don't mean i frown upon anybody else ever it just means that for me personally christianity wouldn't i wouldn't be able to oh but, so if per se you were religious like what do you think what doctrine opposed to you the most oh wow the questions um <laughs> i would say well it's not that certain doctrines oppose me it's just the fact that people can use it to justify hatred and like i'm the kind of person that i think that love wins i think that like i'm a pacifist in the most lenient sense i don't want war i think it's stupid <laughs> um and i feel like most people don't want war and although you can justify it and like i understand i think that i don't want to be a motive behind it and even if you look at like what's happening in like israel right now or in pakistan like i have a friend who went to israel when it was like really really bad like she was like right next to gaza and uh yeah like she saw firsthand everything that was going down and i think that i've seen all the bad that it's done that it's almost blinded me from the good which is me being naive but still i don't know yeah thing is okay like i don't know if you studied it in school or like just here talking about it they like they often say that um the israel palestinian um um like issue is um is political because what's behind the politics of it is just religion it's just because like it has nothing like politics is just what people see on the surface i mean country, yeah. when you actually like dive into it and literally like i'm gonna tell you like this palestinian and israel thing i've literally been like I've been following it since I was like a like a freaking child, you know. Yeah. And I would literally see and trust me, like the stuff you see on news, like uh, American slash European news versus Arabic news, like on Arabic, on Arabic like networks, they don't censor anything. They show you everything, raw footage. And like I've seen stuff, like I've never went there, mais j'ai vu des trucs, like it's traumatizing, you know. Yeah. And that's what that's what made me more sensitive to it. Donc j'ai vraiment like depuis l'année dernière, so I told you like I'm doing this like thesis thing pour pas coucher pas quoi. 
and literally like I've studied on it so much and ça n'a rien à voir avec la politique. They literally just, they just like they make it like a, as a cover, tu vois. Mais derrière ça, il y a vraiment de la religion. Like Israel, like it's it's a religious state. It, like um, et je suis pas là pour cracher sur les gens juifs ou Israël. Yeah, of course not. Like I'm just literally like I'm just. Je, je, je cite mes recherches. So and it's it's literally like fact. Everyone knows it. So before, j'ai peur de like I'm scared of like going on a big tangent. Okay, just to make it short. Okay, so um, way before like durant l'Antiquité, you know, like the time of uh, prophets and all that, like when religion was beginning, basically, there was this so this area which people call Palestine slash Israel today. It used to be like. It used to be called like uh, uh, it used to be called Philistine, which is like Palestine, basically. But it was like a normal space, like there was nothing. And then, so you have like the many tribes um, from Egypt, um, Lebanon, um, modern day Israel, like this Middle East part. They're a, en fait, c'est tribu. Like they're called Banu Israel in Arabic, which means the children of Israel. And Israel is this like um, you know who's Jacob, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. So this tribe, what they like, and it's historically like proven. Everyone knows it. Like they've been for a lot of uh, persecution, right? Um, in Egypt, like you can find um, texts from Egypt talking about um, these people, this tribe, Benu Israel, who who like who were slaves and who were cast down in the desert. And it's completely like a it's like a historical thing. And then they go to so this land, Palestine, and they try like to establish themselves there. But then there's like the Romans who come. So that's like in the time of Jesus, you know. So like then when the Israelites, like the real Israelites, genre les vraies tribus, when they built this like um, state which they called Palestine, then the Romans came and they colonized it. They, like comme comme tous les autres pays d'Afrique ou d'Asie ou d'Amérique même. So they colonized it, and what they did is like they kind of forced their um, ideology on them. And we have on a schema dans plein d'autres cultures, like for example, the Europeans um, with the natives and many stuff like that. Yeah. So when the Romans ont débarqué, what they did is um, like they basically so um, Israel used to be controlled by um, like this high priest person, you know. Like the rabbi, the rabbi of Palestine, for example. And in fact, um, what they did, so you have this guy and above him, you have the Roman people. So what everything, uh, like tout ce que le rabbi faisait, en fait, all of his actions were um, justified by what Rome was doing, tu vois? Yeah. And what happened is basically, um, ça, like, it literally, sorry for the bad language, but literally fucked up the, the Israel state, okay? So, like, you had these, like, Jewish people, like, either, like, t'avais trois catégories. You either had the people who were following um, the Romans, and then you had the people who were, like, following um, the commandments, like, la uh, Torah, etc. And then you had people who were, like, um, who didn't want any of it. And that's when, like, um... Like religiously speaking, c'est là où like Jésus débarque, you know. Like uh, historically speaking, like, and you can even look it up in the Bible. C'est like he's he's he doesn't like he's fighting against those people who use um the commandments 
to their advantages. And he's fighting against the people who were, um, on va dire, corrupted by the Roman, uh, by the Roman rule, basically. Uh, and you see, like, this issue has been, like, present for, like, like, thousands and thousands of years. Tu vois, c'est pas un truc récent. And history goes by, goes by. And then, so, in Palestine, you had, like, the Muslims and the, and the Jews who were living, like, normally. Like, c'était normal. C'est comme si moi, je vivais à côté de toi. Rien ne change. But then what happened, like, during the 40s, and so we had, like, many Jews, you know, like, who survived the Holocaust, and they were, like, all over Europe. So what, so you have Churchill, um, who's the prime minister of um, England. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what he did, like, he saw that these um, Jewish people, they were going to cause a big issue. Because there was a lot of, um, a lot of hatred towards them. And he saw that, like, um, aussi, like, I don't know how to say it. So he didn't want to take any risk with them, basically. He didn't want to take any risk with them. So what he did, he took all the Jewish people, um, the European ones, and he literally, like, he les a, he les a mis, uh, like, he took them, to, like, he, like, he, he, sh- he shipped them to Israel and Palestine. And so... When you had like the real, um, like the real, like the descendants of Banu Israel, like the real Israelite people, mm. even them, they were like against these uh, European guys coming. And fast forward, like 70 years later, c'est en fait, like the, the actual Israelites, the real ones, is completely contre ce qui se passe maintenant. Et même, if you look it up, c'est les, like it's the European Jews today who are behind the state of Israel and who are causing everything like you see how how like how complex the issue it is and how it's like how nothing is political about it yeah yeah i mean like i knew a little bit about that not not the most this you're so educated i'm like thoroughly impressed um (laughs) but as far as i knew like i know that after the second world war the european allocated certain territories to Jewish people so that they could, like, it's almost like a band-aid on a massive gash because they're like, here we are, let's massacre, like, six million of you and then give you some territory that's not ours, that's borrowed land for you to, like, breed on, basically. Um, And then that's, like, as far as I knew, and that in itself, I think, I just think it's funny because, or not funny, but ironic that even something that white people distance themselves so much from like conflicts in the Middle East mm-hmm. are because of Western European They're countries. the ones who created it. Literally. Like it's Western European country. Like it's the European Union that Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and like um today, so we have like like those who are for Israel, the those who are for Palestine, right? Yeah. Like say like it's obvious I'm from Palestine, but the thing is like um like, when I say I'm for Palestine, like, I've had, like, many fights with people because of this. And when I say that I'm for, like, Palestine and I'm against Israel, les gens dans leur tête, ouais, t'es antisémite. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, they're going, ouais, t'es antisémite, how could you, and stuff like that. And when I still, like, explain to them, when I say that I'm against, like, Israel, I'm not against the people who live there. Like, c'est, like, je m'en fiche de, entre guillemets. C'est pas... Like, what I'm against is the people who are ruling it, the people who basically fucked up the Middle East, and... Okay.
sorry, that's really abrupt, but unfortunately his, he had a problem with his Wi-Fi, which brought us to the end of, like, that part of this conversation, um, although it does go on for ages, so there will be a part two and maybe even three if I decide to make it three parts, um, that will come out in the following weeks, but that's the end of part one, so I hope you enjoyed. Thank you, Madhany, thank you for listening, um, and yeah, I'll see you next week, or in two weeks, I think. I don't know. We'll see.